Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where we take you beyond the barbell. I'm your host, Modingo, and with me, with a red solo cup, is Bro Pesci. What's up, man? <laughs> Joe Pesci? <laughs> what the hell? He's like, I've been Bro Billy and like- Mo- Bro Cephas, bro- yeah. Bro Billy, Bro Cephas. I, you, <laughs> ever since you retired, yeah. man, are you losing your- are you losing your mind, Mo? Are we going to take out your back and put you down? Put me down, yeah. I got, yeah. Uh, I got rabies or something. Mo hasn't shaved in like- a week. Oh, it's probably how. When's the last time you went a week without shaving? Uh, when I went to Jamaica last year. <laughs> this retired life man. He come in. He's like uh, bumping reggae music. <laughs> All kinds of smoke come. No, no, no allegedly, <laughs> no. allegedly. Yeah, uh, Rastafari <laughs> Mo over here I, driving five miles an hour down the road. Yeah, <laughs> Mo, you're on the wrong side of the road. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So thank you. For all the likes, follows, subscriptions, thanks for posting everyone, all of your friends and family members that have not uh, become part of the One More Rep podcast family. And if you didn't do that, shame on you. I'm just saying, Mo. Yeah. We're trying. We're trying we're to take tra- world domination. Yeah, and they're not taking it seriously, guys. It's <laughs> it's time. All right. Like you may think. I know I joke just a little bit, but this is serious time. World domination, 2018. Yeah, it's happening. Speaking of world domination, we've added a couple more countries oh, as far as followership. See, I never got this info yet. We got Jamaica. We got ironically. We got Jamaica. We got Ireland and Romania. So that takes us up to thirty-five countries. And we've also added a couple of states. We added Nebraska and Louisiana. So now we are down to two states. So um, if you know anyone in Wyoming or Rhode Island, we need you to get on that. Gosh. Wyoming and Rhode Island. Anyone? You guys know anyone? Does there? Wyoming even have internet? <laughs> I don't know, Mo. Do they? <laughs> I, I think so. Oh. All right. Well, Wyoming, what's up? Yeah. Rhode Island, what's up? Get on that. Stop. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, 75 Clothing. Check them out at 75clothing.com, making badass gear for your badass ventures. Uh, they sent us a nice, awesome yeah. care package and. Oh, yeah, As Brody's here. wearing here, if you're on the YouTube, you can check that out. 7-5 logo and the nice American flag there on the back. Uh, well, hold on a second, Mo. You always do something to me, right? Mo always gets me. <laughs> he always gets me. So I got, uh, here's a close. Sweet. Yeah. So I got Mo. I give him his shirts from 7-5. They sent me and Mo. And, uh. I rock my uh, I wa- I rock my black one. Let's put this up for the camera. I rock my black one um, a couple days ago, man. It just it's like this one. I just like how they fit. When I, we talked about last episode, dude. They do CrossFit and they know what we like to wear. And I, I'm just who doesn't want a freaking American flag on their shirt? Yeah, I'm just and, saying, if you don't, then stop listening to us. Yeah, veteran-owned, operated company. Again, they are CrossFitters, so they understand what it is we like in terms of apparel. You know, not too flashy, not too crazy, but still really solid designs, sick designs. And uh, they also do uh, uh, special orders because you're using them for a competition you got coming up here soon. Yeah, and custom gym orders. They're, uh, yeah. So, which and, is huge, like for our members. Yeah. 
And it's, looking on the website, uh, they seem to have sales pretty regularly. So I think one they got going on right now is like 10% off. I'll take that 10%. But anyways, before we start, <laughs> so I've been waiting for this for a long time. Mo just retired. And I was thinking, <laughs> what can I get Mo for a retirement gift? He's laughing because he's nervous. He's nervous right now because I'm I can go sorts all sorts of directions. So I got him something that we're maybe we'll use today. Hmm. All right. It's in a nice Oh yeah. On the outside it says bottle breachers. And for those of you that aren't familiar with bottle breachers, that is another veteran owned company. Uh, I first came across them on Shark Tank. Yeah. And the um, it's a husband and wife company. And uh, the husband is a formal na- former Navy SEAL. And the wife, I think, started the company on one of his deployments. Right. And when he came back and they finally decided, you know, it was time for him to hang up uh, the, the uniform and start to uh, <laughs> raise a family, they started making these uh, bottle openers out of uh, 50 cow shells. And this one is a nice... Air Force Blue, Air baby. Force Blue with a skull on it, uh, fashioned in the form of an American flag. And on the back, it says, Senior Master Sergeant Modingo. Thanks, bro. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, bro. dude. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I got some special beers for me and Mo to drink today. <laughs> I, I tapped into my own personal selection. A beer? A Sweet. beer. And I brought that. We got some German beer to drink today. Nice. Instead of this stuff that's local, <laughs> we went over the pond, baby. Awesome. So, this week's episode... With the CrossFit Games being over for about a week now, um, and to continue on from our when and why you should compete, this week we're going to talk about competing at that next level. And if you reach back and you remember, it was episode 18 where we talked about competing at first, and that was more geared towards newer CrossFitters who, you know, as a coach and owner, you see them, they're progressing and they're still lacking a little bit of confidence and maybe the way to get the next step that, you know, a little bit more ego, a little bit more belief in themselves is to have them compete. You yeah. Know, you, you put them in between the lines and I mean, you obviously don't set them up for failure. You let them learn a lot about themselves mm-hmm. as what, as what, you well, know, it's what we do in CrossFit. We're in here every day. Yeah. And, um, I forget I was talking to you about this. We're in here every day. It's cool to test yourself. Actually, mm-hmm. it was someone that was dropping. He, he's like, he definitely was interested in the competitive side. I'm like, yeah, it's good because we get, we train all the time. Why not test it? It's like all the, <laughs> all these troops, they, all they do is train to fight. Uh-huh. Well, they want to fight. Like they really do. <laughs> At some Even, point. Yeah. Given the danger mm-hmm. that it is, but you can only, you know, can only train so long before you want yeah, to. Yeah, you can only keep that, you know, that line in the cage for so long before it wants to come out. And that's just the reality. Some people aren't, aren't into the competitive scene. They're doing it for mm-hmm. GPP. G- yeah, and I tell you, yeah. th- they're just as important because they, they come and cheer you on. And there's mm-hmm. nothing better than your crew being there, yeah. uh, rocking your uh, gym colors and cheering you on. And, you know, and talk, taking the pictures and well, they're talking shit, Mo, is what's happening. Because <laughs> as a coach, you always tell them you're pushing them. And you tell them, go, go, go. Well, when you're out there dying, what do you think they're saying? They're not like, oh, you're doing okay. No. They're like, you remember that one time, bro, last week? Get up. You know, just that's what they do. That, I think that's why they go. They really don't go to cheer you on. They go to, to get back. On. Yes, to there get back go. at you. Okay. Oh, are you tired? <laughs> that sucks. You might want to put some extra work in, Brody. Got you, bro. <laughs> nice. So in that first last episode, uh, we talked about 
the beginning phases, like you've been crossfitting for maybe about a year, you know, your coach wants to get you in a competition, develop some confidence. So now in this episode, we're going to talk about taking it to that next level. So you've been a novice competitor. Now you, now you're moving into that RX world, right? Uh, you know, a year or two of CrossFit experience. You got some of the requisite gymnastics, the requisite strength. What additional work or what additional commitment does it take to get to that level? So we were talking off camera, typically in your RX division, you still have teams that do it for fun, Mm -hmm. right? They do. They may, they know that they can do some of it. And this is mostly team because that's Mm -hmm. what usually goes on. And um, so let's say you typically have 30 teams Mm -hmm. in, in a competition. So typically the bottom half relatively, especially that bottom third, they're in it for fun, just mm-hmm. with their friends. They can move some weight and have fun, and they're just that's why they're there. It gives their community a reason to get together. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So they're they're supporting the event. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. People who want to take it serious and, and try to get to that top half is what should be a minimum requirement. You should always want to finish in the top half mm-hmm. or the top quarter. Okay, that's that you have to set those goals as a competitor, as a competitor. Going, going in as a team as well. So the next step you need to do is if you if you've done that. Um, you realize, even though it's at a local level, the, the tempo is a lot faster. The people that's going beside you are going a lot harder for mm-hmm. longer, right? So they, their conditioning, their strength, their um, technique is all kind of paying off. Mm-hmm. Not every gym, but some gyms. So you have to figure, well, why are they doing that? And I'm dragging ass. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to put some work in, right? Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start when you want to take that next step. You got to start put some, putting some extra work in. I'm mm-hmm. not talking like, you know, we're not talking about skill wise. You got to get your conditioning up. Like mm-hmm. you have to get your volume up, your conditioning up, the stress at under heavy barbell cycling, mm-hmm. things like that, and find some really weird combinations to start making it suck worse in the gym, so it sucks less on the okay. on the workout floor. Okay. So I think that's the first step is you really got to start. You got to up your game in essence and start taking stuff seriously. And one thing you said about looking to your left and your right while you're competing, a lot of times and I know I fell victim to it is that person sees you going and they go harder. Yep. Then you go harder. Yep. Then they go harder and your game plan shot. Yeah. What happened to me? (laughs) Why'd you bring that up? (laughs) You knew Mo was looking me right in the eyes. Okay. I have a camera now. Mo was looking me. You guys can see this. Mo was looking me right in the eyes and, um, he said, "Turn my mic down because I'm getting fired up already." <laughs> he looked me right in the eyes, guys, and he he would he would his lips was saying something else, and his eyeballs were saying Arnold 2018. Well, I just wanted you to talk about that because you had a solid game plan, and then what happened? <laughs> All right, so we talked about it a long time ago, and I'm only going to talk about it again <laughs> because I've buried it deep, it, it because it's in reference to an episode, so it's for you guys. No, went out. Um, we were in the finals at Arnold. Uh, it was a day three. And the Arnold is probably one of the largest competitions yeah. in our area. It happens at the Arnold Classic in Columbus, where basically you have every fitness sport represented on the planet mm-hmm. during this whole weekend. Yeah, so we're there. This is our third straight year, fourth straight year as a gym doing mm-hmm. it. And uh, we've had really good success. We haven't cracked the podium. We're finishing like fifth and sixth out of 40 and 50 teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, this past year was our best. Really, okay. it, was nice. our, it was our best. And um, minus the one scoring error by a judge who didn't give us a round, full round of work, we went from like um, you know fourth place in that workout to twenty first because of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, not I'm not pissed or anything about that. Um, still don't like that. Anyways, so um, we're in the finals. 
going out. Um, it was a 975, 315 deadlift, chest the bar. Um, not heavy weight. Mm-hmm. was different. Had the shorty bars. Yeah. Definitely feels a lot different. Um, come out. My goal was nine unbroken. Come back. Okay. Four, three. I wanted to be, so I could crank out my chest the bar. Mm-hmm. And then come back and then go five unbroken, five unbroken. Mm-hmm. Just to break it up right in the middle. Because if you've never done this, it can get you. Uh, because the tempo is so fast, your heart rate's going. The reps are small, but... It, the intensity. The the pull with the bar and then the pull with the pull-up is totally different. It, mm-hmm. it really gets you. So come out, nine unbroken. We're all, there, you know, we're all on the bar at the same, uh, ch- ch- or chest the bar at the same time. Uh, come back. Uh, I'm start pulling. I'm on rep three. Dude beside me is on rep three. He goes rep four. I go rep four. He goes rep five. I go rep five. And I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so going broken on my sevens and go unbroken seven chest the bar. I get back to my five deadlifts and I went three, two really, really hard deadlifts. <laughs> Dropped it and had to do three singles after that. And they were the heaviest. They felt like it was 405 on the bar. But anyways, finish that out. And um, But he's right that's one of the things you're going to come across is that you have to stick to your game plan because yeah. everybody else has a separate game plan. Absolutely. You can't try and play up to somebody else's strategy. I can't help it. Some guy outweighs me by 30 pounds. Well, that doesn't, right? that, that doesn't hurt help things either. No. So yeah, stay your game plan. And I very rarely fall off of it. And, but that guy, he pulled me right in Mo. He's like, Vichy's cups. <laughs> <laughs> I get him a nice bottle breacher. And he, he Arnold me and he Reese cup me. So you have to have those skill sets. You got to do some extra work. Now, do you really need to make, what other things that are, what are the kind of sacrifices or, or what's the, what are some other costs associated with that going from that, you know, probably intermediate to RX athlete? Uh, I think a big thing is typically what will happen is um, you'll be strong enough to hit certain lifts. Uh, it could be snatch clean. But you may be lacking in some elements. It could mm-hmm. be technique, could be mobility, flexibility. Um, you got to get your snatch and clean numbers up because that's a typical movement in every event. Mm-hmm. You got to get those. You got to get those snatch and clean numbers up uh, to match your squats, right? Okay. Like you have a three hundred pound clean, but you have a three hundred and seventy pound front squat. We get. We got to narrow that gap. Okay. To me, so what should be the relationship? Uh, CrossFitters are pretty good at getting about twenty pounds roughly 20 pounds, as close to 20 pounds, 15 pounds of their front squat max. Okay. And if it's much higher than that, if their front squat and their clean are the same, it's a false front squat max. Something's wrong, yeah. It's a false front squat max. That's good, though, because Mm -hmm. that means they technically are probably pretty sound. Okay. Um, But that big discrepancy instantly, it screams technique. Okay. Uh, There's a technical issue going on with your lifting. Got to get that tightened up. Is it straight technique? Is it... um, mobility or flexibility mm-hmm. and especially in the snatch you want you want to get that snatch number up um it's it's extreme flexibility mobility um you got to have that so where should your snatch number be then that's tough that's i found that one pretty hard to you know big thing we say is you know whatever you can snatch you can overhead squat multiple times okay right so it's not even close to your overhead squat mm-hmm. so we usually i usually use that in reference to don't panic in the bottom. Don't worry about if you have to chill down there for a minute. Mm-hmm. You can stand it up, no problem. Okay, we just got to get stable underneath it before. That's we a stand good way to look at it, right? Because once you get it overhead, just stand up. Right, but some people 
they'll try to rush standing up because they, they, they're thinking about the weight. Mm-hmm. The weight is irrelevant. It's about maintaining the that catch, position. Yeah. And um, because you can even, they could stand it up and they could overhead squat it a couple more times because it's not even close to their overhead squat max. Okay. Um, but yeah, you got to get your technique dialed in, your mobility flexibility dialed in. And I think that's one of the big things that you really have to start taking serious is getting those little things. The fine tuning. Absolutely. Because the more elite you get in CrossFit, the more fine tuning you do Mm -hmm. and the smaller the things you fine tune. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you've whittled it down through your competitive career Mm -hmm. in essence. And um, now it's about getting these things are, say they're kind of major, addressing them, getting them smaller. And then when you get to that next level, you just keep really minor changes. Yep. yep, You got it. Really small changes. So then you start to compete locally. You're at the RX level. Yeah. And you say you want to get in that top third. Yeah. Yeah. Top third is good. Okay. Now to get to the podium, what are we looking at here? That's tough. You know, if you're doing a team event, you're going to have to have a solid, a solid team. You know, when we do all of our team competitions, um, some people like to make super teams so they can podium. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to send our people who are from our gym only. And, um, so, and why people make these super teams is because they don't have the ability in house mm-hmm. to get to the podium. Mm-hmm. So they have to Re- poach or recruit or, yeah, whatever, they, or join forces, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then when they podium, then, you know, they feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Whatever. So, in-house, you have to really, it, it's not just you. I can be the best competitor ever, mm-hmm. but if my team isn't up If with everyone me, isn't equally in, in their own right, across, right? Across, the, across the board, because in CrossFit, you can't suck at one thing. No. That, that's the you one thing you exposed. can't do. Yeah, because you, yeah, you will get exposed. If you're really strong, you suck at gymnastics, there's going to be a, a piece where you have a mandatory gymnast, gymnastic movement. Handstand push-ups or Chest handstand bar, walk or whatever. Yeah, right, no. and you don't have that. Well, now you're, you're bringing your team down because you're going to get a zero on your portion. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a bodyweight ninja and you're weak as hell, mm-hmm. well, when those people, when your max lifts come and you're taking a team total, well, now you're going to fall in that bottom half because your number's so low. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be very well-rounded. I believe that, in my opinion, uh, we've always been, based on a team of six, you have to have a, a strong female, mm-hmm. you have to have a male and female, you have to have a male and female who is all around. And then you have to have someone that can cycle a barbell, but has a, a more of an engine. Mm-hmm. So you can place them in their their best situations and you have great combinations to kind of work So with. like your ninja, your strong man, and your generalist. Yeah. And your or ninja. Your workhorse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone's great at the gymnastics, mm-hmm. like, you know, breaking off 30, 50, 60 pull-ups, no problem. Mm-hmm. Ha- huge handstands, push-up sets. That way they can let your, your big, big, strong people kind of rest through that portion mm-hmm. and then crush that barbell element coming up. So now you're starting to podium. Are there any other things that those podium guys are doing that, that other, that the guys that are like in the top 10 aren't doing? They're addressing those issues, but it also to podium as a team, you really have to be a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just randomly. I've seen a lot of random teams get thrown together with really great individuals, but they don't work together as a team. Okay. So, when when Mo, Mo Mo's going hard and he's on my team and he's going to maximum effort and say it's a barbell we can cycle for max reps, even though the barbell is light, okay, there's a point where his speed starts slowing down, mm-hmm. right? That's when a team needs to identify that I, or preset. Hey, okay. I know you can do thirty, but but 
you start falling off at 15. Your okay? cycle rate right. increases. So yeah. you're going to do 14. You're going to do 14. I'm coming in. I'm going to do 12. Per, last person coming in, they're finishing Whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whatever the rest scheme is, you figure that out. Well, these individuals, what they do, they don't know. To, they just want to go. They just go balls out. Yeah, they want to go balls out. They go to failure. And guess what? That's fine. Someone's already subbed in with a fresh person. Mm-hmm. Now they're going uh, one and a half reps faster than them. So you have to have that team chemistry and work. Now, as an individual, um, you, you got to start looking at your programming. Are you, how often are you working out? I, I'm not, I'm a huge advocate of uh, quality over quantity, but I also believe in you have to have a large work capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that never hurts anybody. Never hurts anybody. Yeah. But what I mean is, um, you know, you have to have the volume, proper volume. I think there's volume that can be too much. And then there's proper volume, which is kind of for competition training purposes. Absolutely. Right. Just so we'll give an example here. So when we do our strength, our wad, our extra work that day for anybody who wants to do it, mostly our competitors, but whoever Mm -hmm. they want to do it's tailored that day to separate itself from the workout. So we're not double dipping on You're not taxing a system too much. Right. So, if we're really heavy that day, we're going to do a more endurance type based workout. So, cause our CNS is smoked, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of chill. I'm not going to go heavy again. And then what will end up happening that will kind of run your athletes into the ground. And then their normal training days, like by the time they get to Wednesday, Thursday, they're probably smoked mm-hmm. and now they're not getting effective training. So the volume okay. is too much. If you do so a smart volume. Yes. Yeah, so you got to do proper volume. Proper volume is Yes, I can do a lot of work and I can program a lot of work. If you program it properly, their capacity is going to go much higher than a gym that is just like, let's go heavy, 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 Mm -hmm. which I'm cool with. But but your your athletes are going to start getting crushed because Mm -hmm. their performance is going to start dropping off through the week on the normal workouts. Mm -hmm. When that, okay, so yeah, I can work out, but can I attack that workout, right? So I'm sore and beat up. Get the appropriate stimulus out of that yeah, particular workout. Right. So I got seven rounds, but if I was fresh, I got at 12. So now- It's what, a huge difference. Huge difference. When we talk about weight moved over that yep. workout. Weight moved or just rounds in general. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was an endurance workout, but I can't go because my, I'm smoked. Or maintaining your red line for a longer period Absolutely. of time. And you can't because you're, you're crushed. So you got to get that. You got to find what your programming is. Is it smart volume or dumb volume? And that's I think that's really where it's at. And I, I see people like always post, well, I got to work out more. I got to work out more, 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 more. I'm like, maybe you got to work out smarter, mm-hmm. right? It's not always more. And again, it's one of those things we've talked about before. Like sometimes you don't know what you don't know. No, you're right. It's like the Rich Froning effect. Every, when Rich Froning hit the scene at games and he started winning, people was looking at what he was doing for training. They're like, well, people started to try to train like him. We can't. Mm-hmm. People tried it and they failed. You have to train with inside your means. <laughs> you do, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So Rich Froning worked out four times today. Uh, I'm going to work out four times a day. Cool. You can do that maybe for two days. And then what's that third day look like? Mm-hmm. What's your training look like after that? Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of find out if you don't have the access to programming, we've talked about mm-hmm. this multiple times, you got to find something to follow that is structured. And I still believe that comp train, actually, I was just talking to a guy about this. Comp train is definitely better than misfits in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So if you have to go that route and you have no other avenue, that's one thing. Seek out another coach mm-hmm. that can be remote coaching, remote programming. That's your best bet. And then go to comp train, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but you got to get proper volume and smart volume in. No, but going now touching back on that podium piece though, how, what impact 
or what influence do the actual workouts have? You know, like if it's biased towards body weight versus, you know, biased towards strength, does does that have an influence on it? Or should we always be prepared to attack whatever bias that each competition has? You got to, you know, it's, uh, we've done it several times as a, as a gym, uh, we'll finish in the top three and four out of the five events. And the one event we throw Mm -hmm. like 22nd. Yeah. Knocks us off the podium, right? Mm -hmm. We're sitting podium top one, two all day, except for one workout, one workout. And it's not because, not because capacity, we just attacked attacked it wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's so, yeah, I think you have to be ready for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're, if you're well-rounded, the, the more well-rounded you are, the better you are. Because when you have those discrepancies, a team that's really strong and they get to finals and the finals workout is a body weight, m- middle, like um, a medium barbell, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to do as well because, yeah, they can cycle that barbell, but they're getting crushed on the other elements. So they're slower off the bar. And that goes back to the cycling thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they can do chest the bar, but they're getting smoked three to one by our little dude. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what it is. It's like, you have to be very well-rounded. Um, just, you got to find those holes in your game. Mm-hmm. I just, when you, when you're at that, when you were podium all the time, you have to find holes in your game. And I think that's something that exposes you. Uh, three years ago, we were at, uh, our girls made finals down at tracks and um, they crushed oh, the burpees, right? No, it was uh, muscle ups. Okay. Crushed them. Uh, they crushed the competition all day, get the finals, uh, they're sitting second, I think, second or third, and uh, there was uh, it was Amanda, nine seven five, mm-hmm. um, full snatch muscle, muscle up. ups. Yeah. Well, Jenna's the only one who had muscle ups mm-hmm. supposedly, because <laughs> <laughs> she had them at the gym. Uh-huh. It's sort of like Stu said, like, okay, you can do them. You did a muscle up. Now get no, down. Let me see you do it. another yeah. one. Okay, and that's kind of where it was hit or miss. Well, <clears throat> at the end of the competition, she was missing, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very. Um, I don't know. It opened the door of like, hey, stupid, you got to work on this a little bit more and figure okay. these out. Yeah. And I think that's what was good because... Um, a learning opportunity. It lit a fire under her butt to take the coaching mm-hmm. some more and then actually start practicing them and stop being pissed and, and bitching about when you're failing and understand that every failure is... is opportunity to opportunity. learn. Yes. Yep. And I think that's where people get hung up in training. And I will use Jenna for this. She does. She is very good, a very good athlete. And she struggles with when she doesn't do well. And that's not just her. That's all your top athletes. Mm-hmm. They struggle. They're harder than, on themselves than anyone else. Yes. So when they get an element, like we had trip unders last week, my gym, the roof about blew off because people were getting so pissed, mm-hmm. right? Because I've introduced something that, well, okay, I can do one. Well, now we're in the middle of a 15-minute AMRAP with them, and we have a, it's a couplet, so you can't hide from them. And, yeah. and, the other, and the other element is 12 unbroken power snatches every single round. So now you got to get them in a fatigue state, mm-hmm. right? People were not happy, Mo. Mm-hmm. They weren't very frustrated. But you have to use that as a progression like she did at the tracks, mm-hmm. the muscle-up. You have to use that and let that fuel you to train harder at that and figure that out. And so next time they come up, you're crushing them. Now, do you necessarily have to podium on every competition or is it, you know, finding yourself within that top, you know, 5%, is that acceptable before you try and go on to this next level? Right. So I think it depends on your competition. We've always talked, um, Gennetti puts on the Arnold and then he puts on, um, 
Validus games. Yeah. And we truly all always believe that Validus games is tougher than the Arnold you know. uh, competition wise. Yeah. Cause well, the elements for one, cause it's hot that it's, it's <laughs> well during the Arnold is the first week of the second week of the open. Okay. So your regional athletes aren't competing typically, okay. right? Okay. That makes if sense. Most of them aren't. Okay. So when you get to Validus, well, they're out. They're they're competing now. They're on these they're on these teams. So we've always felt that if we can place top five at Validus mm-hmm. and we don't podium, uh, we're pretty happy with that. Okay. And and that's that's one element. But the Arnold, it we're 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 t- we're talking top five or we're not happy. Okay. Right. So so understanding your competition, I guess, is yeah. one thing you're you're because pointing out here. It goes to you know you want to be prepared for everything. But if if the if the workouts kind of are swayed to one extreme or the other, mm-hmm. and you're you're good, but just not the another team is better, better at yeah. the element, that kind of happens, you know. And it's hard to do that in program. You try to do it as a um, throwing event. You want it to be as well rounded as possible, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, that's what happens. You and you have to notice that, like, okay, we didn't do bad at these events because it's not our greatest stuff, mm-hmm. right? Or it's not our best lift as a gym. But, um, but you know that that's the reality of it. We just got to work harder to clean that up, so we start closing that window if it comes up again. Okay, solid. So now we've talked about competing locally, competing in house, you mm-hmm. know, at this level. So now the next level that I see when it comes to that competitive level is probably some of those competitions that have the online qualifiers. So yeah, your 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 big three: Wadapalooza, Granite Games, and Cascade Classic. Yep. So if if you're not familiar with those, in order to make it to the actual competition, you have to compete in an online qualifier, similar style to the open. There's a, they'll release the workouts. You have a certain amount of time to do them and you have to meet certain requirements, like whether it be video or have a judge or all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of following that open format. Mm -hmm. I would see that as the next evolution in competition. Yeah. I think we can actually hit this in two different ways. One, you're talking about RX athlete. I think this is a great way to test your programming and you're training uh, mid-competition season yeah. or post-competition season because mm-hmm. Wadapalooza is getting ready to it, come up. In, yeah, it's in January. But the the qualifier, I think, starts in September. Okay. August or September, the first online qualifier comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you just had Granite Games qualifier a few, I think it's in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're mid-competition season there if you're looking at competition season. Um, and then, obviously, you have the Open and then uh, Cascade Classic is also a fall. Yeah, they're right around the same time mm-hmm. as um, Granite Games. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, those those qualifiers um, are a really good way to kind of, hey, where am I at against people that's not local? Okay. Am I actually, and what am I doing? Is what I'm doing working against people across the nation, mm-hmm. right? So you can kind of see that. Now it's taken it to the next level. Yeah, you got to hit these qualifiers. If you're an individual competitor and that's what you want, say you're, and we're most kind of going with this, we're trying to set it up to people who want to do well in the open and go to regionals. Mm-hmm. This is where your ultimate test is. You, are you in the elite division of the men and women? Mm-hmm. What do you look like? How's your, how's your workouts in comparison? And what kind of holes do you have to clean up before they open? Because I truly believe, I, t- I was talking to my buddy Zach, you know, he listens to our podcast. Um, he actually qualified as an individual for Granite Games. He mm-hmm. got he got injured, so he had to just pull out um, on a freak accident. But um, I was telling you know, through text messages, we we'll talk back and forth about stuff actually just like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, your ultimate goal is the open, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't the, the CrossFit world revolves around the open? Yeah, like we, we'll just go ahead. And, we'll, we'll go ahead and admit that. Yeah. yeah, your ultimate goal is to do well in the open. 
set yourself up to do well enough to make it to regional. Because mm-hmm. in my opinion, he should already have been a two or three time regional athlete. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. And just taking a step back for reference, uh, and I'll use Wadapalooza for a specific example. With them, they have a RX division, but above and beyond that, they have the elite division. And those are the guys that you're seeing in like heats three and four in yeah. the games. Right. So just to kind of give you a reference of what level of athlete we're talking about here. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you got to set, what is your goal? Is your goal to qualify for granted games and go there and win granted games? Mm-hmm. Is that your goal? Or is your goal to qualify for granted games and be like, okay, I just verified my training. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have, I just qualified as a male elite athlete, uh, in the, in the individual division. My, my training has been verified. I am on the right track because I'm going to be competing against some of the same guys when the open rolls around. Okay. Right. So then I got to, that's what I want to, are you concerned about winning the granted games and going there and winning? qualifying? Those are two different things. Right. Because should he have went to granted games? Yeah, I think he could have. I think it's good to kind of see what that training, uh, that tempo we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier going against those elite, because that's what he, that's the kind of heat you got to bring when it comes into the open, because you're going to get the same same people, mm-hmm. right? And the workouts, I think, are a little bit harder at Granite Games than what the open is. Mm-hmm. So it kind of tests you on a, a whole other level as okay. well. And for me, like what Brody's talking about, when he's saying like getting on the competition floor and seeing the speed and the strength of these athletes, the thing I can equate it to is um, when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to work as a ball boy for a couple of college all-star games, like, you know, the Orange Bowl, all that, or sorry, the senior bowl and things like that, blue and gray. And I remember being a high school sophomore and seeing how big and how fast these guys were moving that I knew at that moment in my life, I had to focus on academics because I was <laughs> not going to make it in, right. you know, in division one college football. Same thing with volleyball. You know, I was an avid volleyball player when I was younger and I had the opportunity to watch the U S national team play. You know, I'm sitting up in the stands. I'm like, Oh, you know, they look all right. Got down to court level and you see how big and how much ground they're covering and how high they're jumping and how hard they're hitting that ball. It's in, I, I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing. Like the first time I went to regionals and, you know, I'm, I'm watching guys cause in our, at the time we had Panchek and Froning, um, Bailey and seeing these elite fittest humans on the planet, seeing how fast they move and how effortlessly they move. And some of them didn't even seem necessarily overly taxed at right. the end of the workouts. And I'm like, dear God, this yeah. is, these people are, are on a different level. I got a pretty good example here, you know, with open just ending, we had a local Amanda Barnhart mm-hmm. from Centerville CrossFit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, she uh, actually she won an event. Won an event yeah, first time. Pretty, yeah, she, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Coach Mitch Lyons, mm-hmm. going to give you props because you know some people didn't, but <laughs> uh, I think athlete coach is a huge, important relationship. Um, yep. And I think that they and have, yeah, that's that next piece we're going to yeah, talk about here. And they have that, and um, she got into the top heat yep. on a um, it was a snatch. Actually, is what the CrossFit community voted on. It was the snatch and bar muscle up, heavy power snatch, First, yeah. bar muscle up, and then they had to go into the um, lighter snatch, um, chest to bar pull up, 21.59, and mm-hmm. then I think it was 12.96, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she's out there with all your big hitters, right? Mm-hmm. All, Top, the, all the girls that you see on posters when you go yep. to the Reebok store. Yeah. You know? yeah. Multiple games winners was on that wide floor, yeah. and she's going against them. And she didn't do well in essence of that heat, mm-hmm. but <laughs> right? when you take into consideration who she's competing yes. against. So these girls are crushing it. Right. And 
it, I'm not saying I don't know what her strengths and weaknesses are. She's mm-hmm. definitely a strong lifter. And um, the gymnastics, you can't say, well, her gymnastics suck. That's why she got beat. No, she's going to get some pretty freaking good people. She's going to get right? some level 10 gymnasts, Absolutely. collegiate gymnasts. Yeah. And, you know. and it's going to make you look slower than what you are. Because <laughs> I think she she went in there 10th and she only fell to 12th. But she didn't finish too well in those events. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's it's eye-opening. Mm-hmm. She won an event. She's in the top 10. But everybody's so much faster than mm-hmm. her. And another, well, last example I'll use is when they did that, um, what was that workout where they didn't know the elements? What, the chaos Chaos. One? So that was nasty. So you got the chaos, right? Yeah. And all 40 athletes. None of them know what's about to happen. Right. They don't yeah. know what's about to happen. But all 40 athletes were on the um, on the grass at one time. Everybody's finishing. And then you're talking to 40 fittest humans, humans on the planet. planet. Okay. And the men. Everybody's done. Then there's three or four or five guys out there who still. Who didn't th- finish. Th- don't even finish the workout. And these guys have been done for minutes. Yeah. The separation is that big, Mo. Like you're the okay. I'm the 40th fittest guy in the world, and I'm not even finishing a workout. I'm not even finishing a workout. Yeah, right. And, and you and you can't look at it and be like, oh, well, I yeah. guess he's just not that no. good. No, he is that good. <laughs> he didn't accidentally just stumble out there and like, oh, I fell, I fell through I fell regionals. into it. Yeah, I, I I fell through regionals and yeah. I fell out to the you know the games. No, he just you see what it's like. It's it's he, like, he beat out people in a country or a four or five state region or a couple of countries, depending on what region yeah. you come from. I yeah. think a cool, uh, a cool thing they do on when you watch the NFL draft is when they take everybody's 40 times mm-hmm. and then they, they really screw over the offensive linemen because they'll put the offensive linemen against like a DB yeah. and they, uh, you know, simultaneously run their, yeah. uh, oh, and they race, overlay them, overlay yeah. them. And like this 320 pound lineman is running a four, you talking Six. about when they overlaid Jadavian Clowney and uh, Johnny Just, Manziel? They, they do a lot, but I'm yeah. saying these 350 pound, 340 pound defensive linemen ends, and yeah. defensive ends, they're running a four six forty. Yeah, faster than what I'm going to run. Yeah. right. But and you're like half the size, right? But it, they look so slow when they're running against <laughs> someone that is uh, running a a, a four two a four two forty. <laughs> Yeah, but you talk about freakish athletes when they had Jadavian Clowney uh, overlaid with uh, Johnny Manziel, and they and I, uh, Clowney ran like a point one faster than him. That was obscene. Right, and he weighs a hundred pounds more. Yeah, exactly. Okay, back on topic. Uh, now we're talking about these elite, you know, probably fringe of going to regionals. Yeah, um, they they obviously have the requisite skills. They obviously have the requisite strength, but. Things like diet and training and mm-hmm. having a coach. Yeah. I'd imagine that's that next step to get you to that level. Got to, yeah. Because what you're going to find is when you start hitting these some qualifiers and you start uh, going against people that's not in your area, um, you're going to find out that they have something that you don't. Mm-hmm. And you got, what the hell do they have? Because mm-hmm. I put the work in, but it all comes down to proper work. And I think that Having a coach, what, what what it does for you is, okay, you can do 50 chest to bar and broken. That's great, mm-hmm. right? But here's what I see. I like your 50, right? But when you come off, you're pretty trash because your technique, you're kind of missing some You're technique. not as efficient. You're not very efficient mm-hmm. at them. You can do 50, but I need you to do 50. I need you to come over and pick up this barbell that's mm-hmm. really heavy, okay? And then do 30 overhead squats. Right. Yeah. So this is that's what I need. So I got to look at, 
you get your coach has to look at those movements and be like, okay, look, I not knocking you. 50 is a great number, mm-hmm. but I'd like to do, what if we could do 60? What if we could do 70? Mm-hmm. So, and then when we have 30, we're very fresh, mm-hmm. right? It's just like the heavier you lift, the easier just, you can just a reference yeah. to Amanda Barnhart. Yeah. She hit that. She won that clean and jerk ladder, but guess what? She had the heaviest clean out of all the women at the, at the, or at the game. So the relative amount of work she was doing to everybody is, yeah, is less. Yeah. So she's power, she's power clean, push jerked it last weight, 225. <laughs> no yes, problem. Yes, she did. Because you know why? It's her. she's eight, strong. No, because it's her 85%, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. I figured it was her 85%. Well, I can do that with my 85% too. Yeah. But other girls don't have that 85%. Mm-hmm. That's like their 90, 95. Yeah. So what we got to do is kind of get your technique and say, hey, Here's what we're going to do. I want you, we're going to start trying to keep, you flow your feet out at the bottom when you kip. I want you to try to bring your legs together. I want you to point your toes down. I want you to really use that core to extremity. Mm-hmm. We're going to not only get you more efficient, we're going to recruit less muscles because we're going to have more energy transferred in this technique mm-hmm. that and then return is going to allow you to stay on no longer, longer or come off fresher. Mm-hmm. That's what you need a coach for to find out these small things that, they already have, they can do, but make them better. Just fine-tuning everything. Got to, right? Hey, man, I'm glad you can clean clean and jerk 350, but what about 375? Because this is what I'm seeing. You're missing some, you're, you're very unstable in your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're missing, you can clean that shit all day, but you're missing the jerk. You got some stability issues. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm seeing. Show them the video I take, mm-hmm. okay? See your right shoulder? It's very unstable in that jerk. It's collapsing because... It's there's there's something going on in there. We're going to have to get with the PT here and see if we can get some stuff figured out. Make sure we get that stability set up. So now when you get underneath that heavier clean and jerk, it's no problem. So having that coach that can point out your areas of, that you need to improve on, fine tuning your game will in turn make everything more efficient. Because as an athlete looking in the mirror, you only see what you see. You can't see yourself. I mean, you can look at video and watch yourself doing butterfly you know, chest to bars and all that stuff. You can, you can look at a video and see yourself you know, doing certain things, but if you don't have that background, what finding those little bitty things, you know, without, and having that coach that can identify those areas mm-hmm. that will give you that extra 10% might be the difference between you podiuming and not. Or making top 20 in the open or yeah. not. Yeah. You finish in 40th or 50th that you probably didn't have a coach because mm-hmm. you're good enough. If you finish, you have the requisite you ha- skills. You, you yeah. are good enough. You probably don't have a good coach, and uh, or you don't have a coach, or don't have a said, coach yeah. at all. And I think that I want to touch on with that is, like, the good thing about having a coach and having having some input is even if it's remotely. Hey, coach, I have this video. Uh, can you check it out? Just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I can review it, okay? Because we've talked. You've talked about uh, Michael Jordan would not make a great coach. Because he didn't understand why everyone couldn't score 40, 20, right. you know, 40, 10, 10. Yeah. Right. So great athletes, if they can recognize like, look, I, I know I'm doing something wrong. I can't see what I'm doing wrong because they're, they're an something athlete. doesn't feel right. They're an yeah. athlete. Hey, can you check this video out on my snatch? My whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, here's what's going on, man. You, your weight shift into your toes. we got to keep that mid foot mm-hmm. and heel so we can keep driving through that floor. Okay. Because when, it, when you get too heavy, you're hopping forward. We got, we got you hopping forward is going to kill that, that lift. Right. Mm-hmm. Having that coach with the instant feedback, guess what that gets them? Next day, they can apply it. Mm-hmm. That's what or it is. Or even right there on the spot. Or right there on the yeah. spot if they have the coach there. That's what's critical because now 
there's no wasted times between training. And you know, and you know, if you do something that's a bad, uh, bad repetition, you do over and over again, it's mm-hmm. still bad. Yeah. Even if you're getting the weight up, it's still bad. It's still bad. But also sometimes a coach can explain something to an athlete that the athlete doesn't understand they're doing incorrectly. Absolutely. Cause you don't feel it. Yeah. This, well, this is just, this is what I do. Well, okay. Well, you know, when you come to this position, you know, and you feel, and you start and your elbows start dropping down. Okay. I need you to drive that out. Oh, well, why do I do that? Well, just, okay. Do that one more, one couple times and then tell me how you feel. Oh shit. That feels way different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's great teaching points because we've talked about it where, um, we, we were talking about when we run clinics, kind of how you can, you have a three hour block, you can introduce some smaller, like micro changes, micro changes yeah. to people. It's cool when you have a coach, even hands on, especially hands on, because mid wad that they're coaching that you're working out in, mm-hmm. like, hey, bro, you're, you're really coming up on your toes and your pistols. Let's, let's work today, the rest of these reps. I don't care what your score is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care what it is, but I want to make sure we can keep that full foot flat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we find is it, is it mobility or is it technique? Because, well, one side he's doing it fine. The other the side, side he's not. Yep. Right. So here's what I know: you're efficiently going to be much better and faster because you're going to be able to do a pistol stand up, rock the other leg, do a pistol stand up. Now your cadence is so much faster. You're cruising, cruising, mm-hmm. cruising mm-hmm. because you're efficiently moving. When you can get that, dude, I can stop you mid wad and be like, hey, look, you're crushing it, but let's do this today. Forget your score. Mm-hmm. Every time we get these, I want you to take a little bit more time on that leg. I want you to force, force that, yourself to keep that I heel want, down. I want yep. that heel down every single time because guess what? Even though they're competitor, even though they want to score high, not to beat everybody because they just that's just what, how they're wired, <laughs> yeah. right? They're just wired that way. When they walk away with a win like that, like, mm-hmm. dude, my last 60 pistols on that leg, my heel was down. That's amazing. I've been doing pistols for three years. And, and my, no heel, ever, yeah. my heel has never touched the ground. That's like, that's a huge win to them. And last thing I want to cover... Um, and I think it kind of sums all this up is like the commitment because, you know, commit, we talked about diet nutrition and that sticking to a diet is harder than sticking to a training program. You know, you know, taking the time to meal prep, you know, taking the time to talk with maybe even a nutritionist at this level. You know, if you don't have a coach that doesn't have both, that isn't, doesn't have the ability to wear both hats. Um, Well, let's talk about that real quick because we did talk about this off camera was, we want to talk about nutrition and I think why it's pivotal is especially when, Oh yeah. The five like, pounds we yeah, talked about. Right. Yeah. yeah. So women out there who struggle, um, most of gymnastics, with their yeah. gymnastics are like, well, I have chest the bar, but like after 20, I start to fall off. I have to go to smaller sets. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to look, you're very fit clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But can we lose a little bit of weight? Not in a bad way. It's not body shaming. It's like, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. If you're five or six pounds lighter, I promise you, I promise you, that your gymnastics will highly improve. Mm-hmm. Your uh, body weight movements will highly improve. Box jumps, burpees, handstand push-ups. It's less weight you have to move. Less weight. And I've found that f- five to six pounds for female is critical mm-hmm. if they have it. And then uh, men, um, you know, you got to, your big boys, 215, mm-hmm. which you got to get them closer to 205 because when you get those toe-to-bar, bar muscle-ups, mm-hmm. chest-to-bar pull-ups, that those really take a, a hit on them. Yeah, yeah. And I can personally testify to that because I just got to the point where I was able to, you know, cycle some bar muscle ups and I got really sick and I gained a bunch of weight because I had to take a bunch of medication and I gained about like eight pounds, went to go back and do some muscle ups. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's no joke, right? It is. So don't think it like, hey, um, hey, 
I need, I, look, let's look at your diet. What's going on? We need, we need to cut something down, right? We got to yeah. get, we got, you're 152 pounds. Let's try to get you 146. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Worst case scenario, you lose weight and that's, yeah. that is, <laughs> yeah, at the worst right? thing that happens is you lose eight pounds. Right? Okay. Let, let's tighten up your nutrition. Yeah. Let's, let's dig into that. Let's get that dialed in. Let's bring you down. And then let's see how you perform at that weight. Mm-hmm. Let's see how your recovery is. Let's see how your strength is. You're not going to lose strength at five, six pounds, no. right? If you're talking 15, 20, absolutely, you can lose strength. Mm-hmm. You'll get it back, but whatever. That's huge. And it's worked for our female athletes, especially, and, um, it, and our male athletes. I mean, you got you to tighten that nutrition up, mm-hmm. not for only performance, but efficiency and movements, mm-hmm. right? And then, so then doing all these things, you said you're going to do extra work. Um, you're going to have to spend some extra time making those micro changes, and all those things add up to time is, is what it all basically boils down to a lot of time, a lot of time. And there are some people out there that truly do not have the ability to make that sacrifice of time. You know, you might be a full-time college student, you, you know, with a job or you might be, you know, a, a parent with kids, you know, then you got to go see the soccer games and all that stuff. And, and I'm not, but Matt Frazier won games. Well, he was a med student. Engineer, I think. Engineer, okay. But two years, he won game. Or sorry, he got second, right? <laughs> he got second. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Matt. I know you ain't listening, <laughs> but if you do, whatever. I didn't. Yeah. No disrespect, bro. <laughs> uh, you got he got second, but he was a full time student. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty good. That's pretty damn good, right? And then Camille, you take Julie Fouché. Julie same Fouché, thing. Camille. The, uh, the, they're, uh, they're in the jo- col- Josh Bridges, right? You know, they're in the freaking special operator, right? They're in the college. They're in that collegiate, like. They're getting ready to graduate. Yeah. They put the time in, but he'll even tell you that he couldn't focus as much on it as he wanted to, mm-hmm. but he still got second. Mm-hmm. He focused, focused enough. enough. Yeah. Right. And you can do that when you start saying, well, I only have this much time, this much time. Mm-hmm. I bet you, if you got up earlier, you could get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just a matter of like, you have to make sacrifices if this is a path that you want to pursue mm-hmm. and this will go for anything, not just CrossFit, you no. know? If you want to be valedictorian, you know, if you want to break that four minute mile, you know, if you want to be able to get those hundred unbroken double unders, you know, anything that you want to excel at, it takes sacrifice. It's just not going to come. You have to commit to it. And with, with rare exception, do people just automatically say one day, oh, well, I want to go to the games. Now, granted, it has happened a few times because these people are just like biological freaks. Um, But for the 80% or the 90% of us, it's going to take a lot more than a wish. You got to have a plan. You got to have commitment. You got to have support and you just have to commit to it. Yeah. And I was telling Mo before we started, like a lot of people won't take a peek behind the curtain until you see what's behind, <laughs> what's the, behind curtain. the curtain. Yeah. Right. And they're like, Nope, I don't want mm-hmm. that. Right. Because, Oh my gosh, I see it every year, every year. Oh, I'm preparing for regionals, bro. You're not even making out of the open. <laughs> Why are you preparing for something you can't go to? I see yeah. on social media all the time, like prepping for the regionals. Yeah. Bro, like honestly, let's let's be real. Me, me prepping for regionals, getting my ticket, my hotel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> time <laughs> off from work. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, like, be real. Okay. Yeah. Don't think you're gonna just breeze through the open when mm-hmm. you never have, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and if if you are on that fringe and you have you were close to making alley open. Then you're not making posts like that. People don't no. make people don't make posts like that that are, are in it. And we talked about when people would um, who are part of those competitors yeah. um, classes, like, and they can barely clean, you know, the barbell. Mm-hmm. 
how disrespectful are they'll, they'll take their equipment out and they think they own the gym and they they have precedence over your general public mm-hmm. then your real athletes are in the corner doing their stuff being quiet they're being quiet quiet professionals respectful yep most of them there's some douchebags out there mo i've seen some really <laughs> douchebag regional athletes i really have and it sucks but you can't always you can't get rid of all the douchebags in the world no. if we could i'd like to head that head that, head that mission <laughs> all right uh, mission one, kill douchebags. Mission yeah. two, kill lady who talks smack about my crooked lines. And then three, get rid of uh, Halo Top. <laughs> I think I think mission two just dropped just, just off. Places. Yeah, okay. I'm sw- switching two and three here. <laughs> I, that's my top three missions if I'm going to be a part of that. All right. So bringing this week's episode to a close, our call to action. Um, what are your goals when it comes to competition? You know, do you, are you trying to make regionals? Are you trying to make it to one of these elite uh, online qualifiers? You know, kind of just share with us uh, what it is you're doing because I guarantee you, you share that type of information with the rest of the family here uh, and you might motivate someone or you might give someone a clue or a tip on how they can achieve those sort of things. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think what, what's cool is, you know, people will post something and they're like, oh yeah, I feel that way too. And then another person says, oh, that's really good insight. I feel that way too. I think you if you spark a conversation, it's amazing what can happen mm-hmm. through that conversation. And you'll find that just like CrossFit, I think people who listen to this podcast, you can almost bet you guys are all kind of wired the same yeah. or you would not listen to us. Yeah, you wouldn't be, uh, what, this is what, 35 episodes? 35 in? and we're 700 <laughs> from the big 10K. <laughs> from the big 10K. Dude, I've been dreaming about 10K since we started. Like, <laughs> now it's going to be 100K, Mo. We've got like a lot of work to do. but And now we got video, so... Make sure you check that out on YouTube as well. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, 75 Clothing, making badass gear for your badass ventures. This brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Mo and I'm out. Peace, baby. Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. I was up at like you know, it was just midnight. It wasn't that late. And, and Tony, uh, Tony liked one of my things on Facebook. I'm like, what are you doing up, man? Yeah. He's got the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kill. It was, it was killing him. I guess the baby's finally sleeping, but you know, Tony goes to bed like, like he's 80 years old. And he goes to bed at like 8 PM. Yeah, he's army first sergeant. He's got to be in bed by like eight o'clock because <laughs> the that, Joes are going to do some dumb shit at like one o'clock in the morning. So he's got to get a little nap in there. Is that in like the, um, like the first sergeant, like handbook in bed by eight. Well, you learn that is just because dumb shit happens after midnight. So if you can get a nap in after dinner, you know, get, you know, maybe a couple hours of REM sleep. And then as soon as that phone goes off and your Joe's like are doing dumb shit out in town, <laughs> then you're already charged up and you're ready to deliver knife hands. Tony knows what I'm talking about. <laughs>